Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. For everybody out there, because I even see text, hey, Bonte, read the legal, 9 o'clock. I don't have to do it straight at 9 o'clock. Right. That's not what we so, do. That's why we're different. Fox executives uh, were, were looking at how their slate of games were this year, and they were like, uh the AFC's got all the good quarterbacks. Like that's what they thought because right. you know the Fox obviously carries the NFC, and they were very worried about television viewers. They've already paid the money to the NFL, so it doesn't <laughs> matter necessarily. But they want to be able to go back to their advertisers at years end and be like, "Here's how many millions of people were watching this, and how many millions of people were watching that." Now let me read the legal before we get into that. We're, I thought we're setting up to read the legal. <laughs> Just all that time spent talking about the legal. <laughs> Well, I mean, he said go, and then I said, all right. No, I mean, just, I was, was, you're listening to 95.7 KTUC FM in San Francisco. Always live on Free Odyssey. Don't forget, you could also watch this every single day that you're doing right now. Over 800 people on YouTube. Shout out to YouTube, Twitch as well. Uh, Just log out of search 95.7 Game. Be sure to like and subscribe to the channel while you are there. Brought to you by First NorCal Credit Union, the smart choice for low auto low rates. It's super simple online application process. Shout out to the Comcast Business Text Line as well. Warriors and Sixers, Sixers, excuse me, a little bit later today at Chase Center. The great Kate Scott's going to join us on NBC Sports Bay Area. Cannot wait for that. Yay! And, oh, and we're going to replay Baldy at 920. We're going to replay Baldy's Yay! interview from earlier today. Nice. It was really, really good. So NFC officials, uh, I mean, excuse me, Fox officials that were, you know, Having the NFC games, they're just a little worried about, like, hey, what are the viewership going to look like? You know, we don't have a lot of the marquee matchups. Now, Amazon gets, you know, X amount of good games, and Sunday Night Football, Monday Night Football gets X amount of good games. They were worried. They got the Green Bay game, obviously, Niners-Green Bay last week was a monumental game for television ratings. But this week, on Fox... 57, 58 million people watched that game. It's one of the largest viewing audiences of the year. You know, I think it was 96 of 100 episodes. Uh, The hottest things on television were NFL-related, football-related this year, and that's going to be one of them. It's one of the largest audiences you're going to have all year. And I I was reading just about how the NFC, like, really was so happy that you had a huge brand. They're the Yankees of the West Coast in the Niners, and Detroit being the plucky team that has didn't want at all. Nobody, nobody had any ill will toward them. Everyone wanted to see them do well, and so it was like an ideal matchup for Fox, yeah. given the time window. And they just crushed it. I mean, they I crushed think, it. I think Fox would have crushed it no matter who was on. Honestly, Tampa, Baker Mayfield's a national brand. Yeah, you know he is. No, he's a national brand. You're right. 
He's he a is, national brand. But the, the Niner brand, like they were talking about, like they it is one of the they call it the Yankees of the West yeah. Coast for football because you get the whole state of California locked in. And that's yeah. a huge I, state for them just, to own. I just hope Olsen doesn't have to take a step back and be with the B well, team. Him and Burkhart. Did you see the money? Alongside Aaron Andrews. Oh, with Tom Brady. So Tom's getting $400 million. Yeah. The number one analyst, it's locked in. He's getting right. $10 million on Fox right. right now. Right. If he goes down to number two, he gets $3 million. Yeah, that's a joke. And Greg Olsen's been excellent. And you know what? Maybe make Greg Olsen one of the voices for Thursday night football well, or Sunday night football. Did, you didn't hear the rumor? What? Belichick for Thursday night football. In the booth? If you've seen him geek out about football... He's really good. That, he's got to have the right but I want him. I want him on the panel. You know what? If Greg Olsen's going to get bumped to the number two team on Fox, and we're going to get to the closet... Wouldn't him and like Belichick that? be fun? No, 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 no. What? Let's go Mike Tirico, Greg Olsen, Sunday Night Football. Oh, I'm, I'm totally with you. Now you can replace Chris Collinsworth. Totally with you. So if Brady wants to go to Fox, give me Olsen I would for Sunday that. Night Football would love next that. to Mike Tirico. I think that's a perfect replacement for Chris Collinsworth. But, but Burkhart and him have great chemistry. They do have great chemistry. And I chemistry. think that we underrate chemistry. No, like we do. The, the, the fits matter. Like, clearly, Herb Street and Al Michaels doesn't work. No, it doesn't work at all. Doesn't like, Aikman and Buck works. Who's yeah. replacing Al Michaels, by the way? Do you guys? No, he who, says who? he's defiantly coming back. Well, that's great if he thinks that. Amazon might say otherwise. Iron Eagle, maybe? That's a good one. I'm, he is I'm with Charles you, Davis. I, I don't know. I I I think Belichick. If you get the right person with him, I think he could be great. Because if you've seen him on that football life, if you saw him with Saban, yeah. like he can be unbelievably knowledgeable. I, I like him better in the studio. I like like Saban. I like him on that game day panel. I think he'll be good. There are rumors the with that too, with Belichick well, yeah. and Gronk on the panel for Fox potentially. See, that would be that would be good. I would <laughs> rather that instead of the booth. Five one zero. Okay. You, do you, Comcast business text line. Do you guys know why the hell the Chiefs are considered a home team? Because the AFC it alternates every single year. Last year the NFC was a home team, which is why the Eagles wore their green uniforms. Uh, the year before that, when the Niners were in the Super Bowl against the Chiefs, they were considered a home team as well. Now some teams will elect to wear their white jerseys because teams that wore white in the Super Bowl had these long winning streaks, like Super Bowl. 50. The Broncos were technically the home team at Levi Stadium, but they elected to wear all-white uniforms because the white jerseys were winning a lot of Super Bowls. It was a little superstitious there. But the Chiefs this year, the AFC, gets to be the home team, so the Chiefs can wear white or red. It's their pick on the jersey. Let's go to VO in Texas, and then we'll get to Clark the Shark before we break. VO, what's happening, man? You're on the roast. Hey, man, I'm going to give you all some reasons for optimism. Remember last time I called, I told you, you know, we played a bad game, but yet we still pulled it out, right? I'm gonna give me a minute. I'm gonna give you some points why you guys can be confident until we win the Super Bowl. Look. All right, turn your radio down all, for me. Help me. Is, okay, sorry about that, Bob. Sorry, let me, let me turn it no, off. Okay. 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 Look. Okay, number one, Cardinals beating the Eagles. Highly unlikely, right? That that's just something that worked out in your favor, right? And we always talk about championship teams, things have to fall in place, right? Uh-huh. Nobody expected that, right? Get the number one seed. Packers game, guy missed the kick, right? <laughs> missed the easy kick, should have made it. Gives us a chance, we go down there, we pull it out, right? Mm-hmm. The Detroit collapse. The Detroit collapse, right? Biggest comeback in NFC Championship game history, right? Yep. That's on your side. You have the IU catch, which everybody said is lucky. Who cares? When it's destiny, things happen, right? The catch happened, right? And of all the teams you get to see again, right? You get to see the Chiefs, destiny, right? And, and, and all you need is Brock Purdy to win this game. You know what it does? It silences the critics, you end the Chiefs dynasty, and you start your own, and you have the most playoff wins ever. Dude, it's set up for us 
to be champion. Well, I can make a case for Kansas City as well. So I hear you with the Team of Destiny stuff. I don't really play that game, the whole Team of Destiny or whatever. You get here, buddy, you get here. It's felt like it's been our year. But you know what, Kansas City's probably feel like, you know what? It's our year, too. I mean, We're going back-to-back. -back. They're in a dynastic run. It would right. be the first back-to-back -back since the pay Patriots, yeah. right? Yep, yep, in over 20 years. <sighs> over 20 years. Real quick, Clark the Shark before the break, and we'll get to the body replay here on the Morning Rose. Clark the Shark, what's going on out there in South Carolina? Bonte Bella, Fonte and Cup of Joes. How are you guys doing? God bless you guys. Not half as good as you, my friend. Oh, man. Hey, it's really nice out here. It's uh, The sun's out and all that stuff. Hey, but let's get right down sun's to it here. Yeah, I don't have much time, you told me. So, hey, what a great game. I, I'd rather see him blow people out. My heart would rather see him blow people out. <laughs> but, man, my wife... My Filipino wife, Joe, is she has to leave the room because she couldn't stand. She's a big Niner fan now. I turned her into one. She's going to uh, turn her whole family into the Niner fans on the Super Bowl. But, man, what a game. Hey, this is what I'm thinking, is I don't have any good reason to think they can beat uh, uh, Kansas City and slow down Mahomes. But, there seems to be this destiny thing going on here. I, I don't know what it is, but I feel like it, they just are getting it done. And it just seems like there's a destiny going on. And, and Purdy's talking about God. Hey, maybe something's going on here. What do you guys think? Maybe there's a higher power, Clark the Shark. Maybe, just maybe. Remember Dustiny? <laughs> I do remember Dusty that. Baker? It was I Dusty. Do you don't even, Joe had never that. heard that. I was like seven or eight. Yeah. Dustiny, yeah. that's how, what they called how, it. How did that work out? It did not go. Worked well. out in Houston. Well, I mean, it took thirty years. All right, Destiny, Manuel Rodriguez. You don't believe in Destiny? Oh, Destiny's a stripper name, according to Manuel Rodriguez. Cal <laughs> Vegas, so it's perfect. A team of Destiny. We're a team of Destiny. This is one of the worst, most overused cliches in the history of America, especially when it comes to sports. All right, what's coming up in the game? Brought to you by the <laughs> Farmer's Dog, Brian Baldinger. We're going to replay that interview coming up on the morning roast. Then take your calls on the other side as we end the show. Don't forget, Warriors and Sixers tonight at Chase Center. You want to get there. Warriors need a victory before they go out on this road trip, man. I need a victory. I'm also ready to take a break from the 40. Not a big, big break, but, you know, we do have basketball. We do have sports going on, folks. Baldy coming up on the other side. All right, Dub Nation. It's Draymond Green. Tip-off is coming later today with the great Tim Roy. And then tune in to the Morning Roast tomorrow morning for the best Warriors cover. All right, welcome back to the Roast. As you heard, Draymond Green, they'll be on the floor with the 76ers. But how would you like to have breakfast with the Roast? We'll give you a chance to do just that. Starting tomorrow at 7.30 and 8.30, we will be offering you a chance to have eggs and toast with the Roast. Tune in tomorrow morning to learn how you can win. This contest will start tomorrow and go through next Tuesday. Two winners each day, and each winner gets to bring a plus one. And sure, we'll break down how you like to eat your eggs. Maybe we'll have a little scramble, a little sunny side up, a little poached, eggs benedict, maybe some omelets. We'll see how that works out. That's coming up. We'll start that tomorrow. But earlier this morning, we had Brian Baldinger on the morning roast to talk about the Niners' performance against the Lions on Sunday, and we started out by asking him his thoughts on how the Niners bounced back in the second half after a lackluster first half. 
Well, I mean, it literally started um, on the first play of the second half. Like they said, um, Kyle Shanahan came out and said after the game, like our goal was to go down and score a touchdown. And they didn't score a touchdown. He was ticked because they had a chance to. And they didn't. They kicked a field goal. Um, you know, and then it, it, it kind of snowballed from there. I mean, you know, then for whatever reason, Detroit doesn't go for it, doesn't kick the field goal on fourth and two at the 28 to match. You know, to go back up 17, you go up three scores. And they get the ball back, and the first play, they go to Ayuk down the field. I mean, they just attacked. It was completely different. They said, okay. It's almost like they had to play, they had to get so far behind to play their best football. And to lock in, just to, you know, to use a Brady phrase, just to get laser focused. And I felt like, okay, that's what that locker room speech was all about. Whatever they said, it's time to get laser focused right now. There's no room for error. A lot of things went their way. They made a lot of things happen. But that's what happens. And, you know, Bonte, you see yep. basketball games turn all the time. Mm-hmm. You know, where it looks like, you know, they're getting blown out of the gym and all of a sudden, here comes the full court press. Yep. Here comes the slam dunks. Here comes the free throw. And all of a sudden, you know, they turn it. And that's what happened in that second half. Now, you slipped in the fourth and two. Shaskin and I have been kind of dissecting that all week long. Dan Campbell going for it on fourth and two. And I understand the Lions were – they converted 80% of their fourth and threes and less. And I thought the third down play was very vital because they, for some – whatever reason, they're rolling with David Montgomery and Jameer Gibbs. And Amarase Brown lines up in the backfield on third down. Warner makes a great play. I thought Kinlaw made a good play there to hold up his block there and shed that block and make a play on Amarase Brown. But then they go for it on fourth and two. And I get that Michael Badgley has converted only 45% of his field goals from 48 yards plus. Uh, and that's a long field goal there. I had no problem with the decision, Baldy, that decision. But later on in the game, I was like, all right, Dan Campbell, you're getting a, getting a little wacky here. But that decision right there of 24 to 10, did you have an issue with that? Because at the end of the day, Josh Reynolds, Josh Reynolds just flat out drops it. Well, it, it, it's, not, it's not a great play on fourth and two, to be honest with you. It's, I mean, it's not a gimme. It's not where, okay, we're going right. to roll right and there's going to be a pick right here and I got an open receiver. I mean, you still got to throw the ball. I mean, there's vertical routes down the field. There's really, I mean, he was the, I don't understand the route, but look, if you're up, if you kick the field goal there from 45 yards, you're up 17, you're up three scores. Does it make a difference if you're up three scores, 17 or 21? Right. Like, to me, you just go match the 49ers' score, their field goal. And now the 49ers are still down three scores, and now halfway through the third period is over. So you're at seven minutes to go in the third quarter, and you're up three scores. I, I felt a lot better. I just felt like – and then I felt like on fourth and three and halfway through the fourth quarter where he could have tied it up with a you know 48-yarder. I thought he was just chasing points at that point, Bonte. Yeah. You know, and he was like, all right, we didn't get the first one. But, you know, our analytics say we're 80%. We'll get this one. And, you know, we'll go down and we'll we'll score a touchdown. We'll take the lead. I I, I felt like the the critical one was the first, fourth, and two uh, halfway through that third quarter. Mm, so you didn't like that decision. I'm so I'm a little surprised, Baldy, because I they were averaging seven yards of carry with the ground. I had no problem with that one. That one I I, I honestly, but that, it's very interesting to hear from you. Very interesting. I didn't like the play call either, but again, the receiver's got to make a play. Riddle flat out drops it. Yeah, it's not. A, I mean, look, it's it's not an easy catch. It's not like it's hitting him. You know, uh, at the number eight. I mean, it's off his body. It's away from him. Yes, it goes through his hands. Right. Yes, he's got to catch it. But at the same time, it's not an easy. It's not an easy catch. It's not a gimme. You know, he's got a defender on his inside. He's reaching around to the outside, and he drops it. Now, if he catches it, maybe we're not even talking right now. You know, yeah. we're, you know, like we're we're discussing, you know, what went wrong. But 
you know, that was a big part of their their comeback was the fourth quarter uh, fourth down stops. Yeah, and and I think getting Goff to move up in the pocket because the Bosa pressure, like you saw, anytime he didn't have a clean pocket to throw from and he had to move, he was struggling. Like he just was. Yeah. And I look at Brock. I don't know what happened in the first half. It felt he hit a couple of big throws, like the one to Ayuk on the outside on mm-hmm. the first drive was a beautifully timed throw. But he was just like a step slow and like a little hesitant to rip it. I don't know if he didn't see the field or whatever. But the difference for me in the second half. It wasn't just like seeing the field. The legs, that third and four where they had the shotgun and you had Debo on one side and McCaffrey on the other, even the touchdown pass where he moved slightly to the left and threw to Ayuk, he used his legs to either scramble and and make a play or to create a passing lane for himself. I thought the difference in this game for Brock Purdy was the feet. What did you see from first half to second half? No, I mean, look, the, the, look. They, they, the two first drives of the game, they went right down the field. They missed a field goal, all right? They don't convert on third down. Missed a field goal, go right down the field. Second drive and scored a touchdown. Uh, you know, he had a couple balls batted down by, by uh, you know, Hutchinson. And so those kind of affect you. But, you know, he was channeling his inner Steve Young, you know, in that game. Like, that was classic Steve Young right there. And, you know, we've seen him scramble, but... Every one of those three scrambles for 52 yards was so critical. So critical getting a chunk, uh, converting, just keeping the drive on schedule. And those aren't – you can't practice that. That's just got to be a feel. That's a, an instinct. I mean, we see it from Mahomes all the time, which is great. It, that's Patrick Mahomes. He's been doing this for seven years. This is a kid that you know hasn't completed two years of playing yet, and now he's in the biggest game he's ever played in, and he's he's pulling a ball down and finding lanes, and not just. But I mean, that, that's a talented, fast defense. Yeah. And he's getting those chunks, and so that I mean, two twenty-plus yard scrambles like that are. I mean, it's 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 incredible. You know that he had a great throw to Debo on the first drive uh, of the third quarter. It was just ripped, like yep. right into the ripped middle right of the field. field. That throw, though, Joe, like you know, people, I don't know, like I'm so tired of the whole game manager, whatever, whatever they're trying to say. That was a dime, Baldy. That, that throw, you you drop back five steps, you hitch and you rip it, and it's right into the thick of a four man right. zone, like and and Debo's catching it on the dead run. Yep, like he's not. Jumping up for it. He's not reaching back for it. He's not going down low and catching it off his shoestrings. He's catching it. Literally, it's playing t-ball. It's like <laughs> going out there with your kid that's five years old and you're playing t-ball. You put it right there on the tee for him. You can't throw it any better than that. Yeah, he showed toughness when he got drilled on the Debo pass. He got drilled, man. I mean, just like right underneath the chin, and he gets drilled. But I want to talk about the IU throw. It, yeah. When you look at it from the wide angle, Ayuk clearly gets like penalized by getting hit by the cornerback, and, and yeah. he rips it. I mean, he ripped that ball downfield. But the catch, the dexterity, the athleticism, the hand-eye coordination—I mean, break down the Ayuk catch, the whole play. I want to hear it from you, Baldy. Well, it's 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 play action, max protection. They pull Aaron Banks and uh, and Kittle to go seal the edge on Hutchinson right there. So, because it's a design shot play. And I think I said it right here last week. I said they're going to go after Kendall Vildor. Like I, you know, I don't know when they're going to go after him. They're going right. to go after him because, like, he just he just struggles down the field playing the ball in the air. Like I've seen too many when he was in Chicago. He did. I thought he did in Detroit. Like they were down corners. He had to play. I just thought it was a matter of time before they went after him, and they did it in a in a, in a way where the free safety wasn't there. So the ball's in the air, fifty yards. Uh, Vildor interferes. The back judge throws the flag. Um, the ball's tipped. 
it's it's the modern day Lin Swan catch. Yep. Like it's it's an acrobat. You know, it's he, he, he's he's an ap, ap, I don't even know how he tracked the ball after it was tipped like that, and then to see how he secured the catch, made sure that he rolled that. Honestly, in this day and age, like the way that you catch a ball and go to the ground, you have to in every way because of all the cameras and replay and everything, right. you can't give them any reason to think that it's not a catch. That ball tips, you know, it hits the ground, it moves, is it a catch, isn't it a catch? You don't know. Right. You have to make sure that when you go to the ground with the ball, that you're showing them that the ball never touched the ground, you have it secured all the way through the catch, and you see these receivers now going out of the way to make sure that they show any official the ball, and he did that. Oh, unbelievable catch. Ladybug catch. We're going to be talking about it for many, many years here in the Bay Area, especially if the Niners beat the Kansas City Chiefs in a couple of weeks in Las Vegas. Brian Baldinger here on the Boxer. Give me that real line. quick, though, Bonte, because I, I didn't hear the whole interview. Oh, well, here's So he's saying Andrews. he saw a ladybug. Yeah, yeah. Here's, here's Brendan Ayuk with Aaron so Andrews yeah. at the game. Listen to this, Baldy. All right, come on. Before the game, a ladybug landed on my shoe. <laughs> and y'all know what that means. So that's all I can say, because I don't know. I don't know. Just great luck. God was with us today. Great win. Bay Bay Niner game. It's crazy. <laughs> it's crazy. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. See, the lady uh, broadcast that's, that's body. That is hilarious, that's- man. It is hilarious, man. What a game that was in Levi Stadium. Niners make the largest comeback in the title game history after being down 17-plus at the half, down 24-7 against the Detroit Lions. And then you get Christian McCaffrey, Brock Purdy. I thought Shanahan's five-minute mm. drill there, but I do want to get to the defense, and his run defense does concern me. Because at that fourth and two, at that moment, Detroit had 168 rushing yards to the Niners' 45. Now, Detroit didn't run the ball more after that. They got a little behind. They got a little out of their game plan, but this run defense, Baldy, is very, very concerning. And Look, we text over the weekend, Chase Young, what did you think of his performance? Because a lot of 49er fans right now, Baldy, are down on Chase Young. They believe the effort is a little down, not championship effort. You look at the play by Jameer Gibbs, the third touchdown, that's not championship effort. We're trying to get to a Super Bowl here. You got to go balls to the wall here, and I didn't see that from Chase Young on Sunday, Baldy. He plays too high. He plays too high. He likes to see everything that's going on. And, you know, guys are hitting him in the chest. They're getting underneath him. Uh, tight ends are blocking him. But I didn't think, outside of Bosa, I didn't think any of the defense linemen played well. I didn't think Armstead did. I didn't think Hargrave did. Mm. Definitely not Kinlaw or Gibbons. I didn't think they got good performances from that front. They got blocked up. I didn't think the run fits with the linebackers was good. I thought Fred was off. I thought Burks was off. I, mean, I didn't think the run fits looked like a championship-level defense. 
Like, honestly, I mean, if Fred Warner was on the show right now, I'd go, Fred, on that, you know, Montgomery run 15 yards right in, up the middle. I mean, it's a basic inside zone. Everybody runs that play. The 49ers run as well as anybody. They're double-teaming the tackles. The linebackers got to go. They got to go fit that. Burks went one way. Warner went the other way. Like, I don't know what they're, like, whether it was a tight end in motion that threw him off or whatever, but they just opened up the middle, right, to, you know, TIG to right. make the tackle. Like, I didn't think they, I didn't think they, like, I would get back to the basics of taking on double teams, getting off blocks, like walking through your run fits. You should get these run fits down where literally you put a blindfold on and you know exactly where you're going. And it, that was that was out of sorts, and it didn't look right, and it didn't look like a championship-level performance to me. Is that on scheme? Is that on the players? Is that a combination of both? Uh, I, well, some of it is Detroit. I mean, they're excellent up right. front. Okay. Uh, but, you know, regardless, it doesn't matter. I mean, you, you just have to have this mentality that you're not going to be blocked. You're going to get off blocks. And I don't think they had that mentality. They got, they got, they played too high. Their pad level was too high. They got underneath them. They got driven. Um, I see guys on the ground. You can't play football on the ground. So, I mean, I could pick apart eight runs. Where you go, they have to be better than that because mm. Pacheco will do the same thing to him. Yeah. Well, like on those on those outside tosses, right? They kept going to the outside. It's like one on one. Either it's Burks getting plastered by a wide receiver, or then you got Gibbs or, or Tig Brown coming up, and it's one on one. You got to make a play, and they're eating grass, and like yeah. no one's coming up to make a play. I'm very concerned about the safety play right now because yeah. teams are getting to that second and third level in the run game. Like, I, and so I guess my question is: is do they have just a personnel? issue at this point in the, in the year or is this on Steve Wilkes? Mm, I think it's more personnel than Steve. Gotcha. I mean honestly, I mean everybody runs toss crack, everybody right. runs outside zone. It's been a weakness of the 49ers all year. They haven't been particularly good at it. Mm. And so like I was talking to Rod Woodson, I was in Baltimore on Sunday. I was talking to Rod Woodson about, you know, communication. Because if if my defensive end is getting cracked back by cracked back by a, a tight end or wide receiver, first of all, I can't get blocked by the either one of those guys. Right. If I'm Chase, Nick, if I'm Gregory, whoever it is, like I can't get blocked by any of those guys. But it also helps if somebody's t- telling you there's a crack, crack, crack coming. Like somebody's got to be yelling that out. Like it, you or you, you at least have to look at the splits of these guys and go. It's a possibility. Like they could be coming down on me. It's first and ten. This is a, a an indicator that in this form from this formation, like they could run this play. I mean, it's got to be high alert here, and. <clears throat> It didn't. It didn't look like that, especially no. in that first half. No, it didn't. And and I'm worried about Andy Reid and the screen game. He's one of the best screen callers when he calls a screen. Whether it's Westbrook out in Philadelphia and all the backs he had in Philadelphia, and now with Kansas City, Andy Reid knows how to run a screen. The Detroit screen game was on point against the Niners. I'm very concerned with this mm-hmm. defense, but that flips to the offense here. How can the Niners start faster against Kansas City? Back-to-back weeks in which they scored just seven points. It's one of the most prolific, explosive offenses all regular season, yet they've gotten off to slow starts. Not something you want to do against Mahomes, Baldy, but how can they get what is going on, what is contributing to the slow starts here for the 49ers in back-to-back playoff games? Well, I mean, I don't agree with that, though. I mean, I, I saw them take the ball right down the field the first two drives. So, you know, they missed a field goal. They went um, they went all the way down to the 30 in the first drive, no problem, made all the throws, right. uh, just didn't convert. And then, you know, they went right down the went 75 yards in the next drive. I mean, they moved the ball, uh, you know, and then they threw an interception, yeah. you know, and, uh, you know, whether, you know, Brock's hand got, you know, hit on that play and affected the throw or not, regardless, Malcolm Rodriguez came down with it. So they, 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 
they got off. They, they moved the ball. They they like to run it a little bit better. They got stuffed a couple of times, but McCaffrey right. had the twenty five yarder. I mean, he had right. some good some good plays early on. So I mean, there was there they were you know. And look, the longer you stay on the field, the more you could get into your game plan. Right. The longer you can get to some of your play action, especially if you get into some kind of rhythm. So. Um, I, I don't know. Like I, I, I don't necessarily agree. I know Green Bay. It was definitely a slow start. Right. I know they only had seven points at halftime, but they didn't have that many possessions. They had what four possessions in the first mm-hmm. half. Uh, you know, one of them is interception, and one's a missed field goal. So um, you're just not going to score touchdowns in every drive. No, no, you're not. I, you know, we got Kansas. We got two weeks. Next week, we'll really break them down. But yeah. I'm looking at Debo Samuel, and he's just such a different player than the last yeah. time they played in the Super Bowl against him. He brought a jolt to that stadium. I don't know if you saw it on the film. I'm not sure if you saw it during the first time watching it, but it just felt like he brings a calmness to the team and. The guy just refuses to be tackled. There's like a screenplay, which is one-on-one, just, ah, get off me. I'm going for eight, nine yards. He brings so much to the table, and I don't know if people can really quantify his impact. And I underrated at times, but I just thought Debo was special in this game. Well, I always think he is, um, you know, especially uh, in front of that home crowd because, yeah. you know, as soon as he touches the ball, it makes everybody, you know, it's like Barry Bonds up at the plate. Like, there's <laughs> going to be a home run's going to get hit here. But I think... Like I've said this many times, and I've said it on your show, he gives his team a toughness yep. that nobody else gives. Obviously, yep. McCaffrey is what he is, and Fred is who he is. And they have those players, uh, and Kittle, obviously. But he just gives a total different level of toughness. Like, he challenges every single tackler. He runs through Chauncey Gardner-Johnson. He was stopped, you know, behind the line of scrimmage a couple times, looked like he was, you know, and still has the quickness to, like, get back inside and pick up seven yards when it looks like there's going to be nothing there. Um, you know, he he doesn't slow down to catch a ball. Like, one of the things, like, there's something, there's a, uh, th- there's a quality about receivers that, yes, are they fluid? Are they Jerry Rice fluid? Okay, we can see that when a guy's running. Ayuk has that. Right. But are your hands as fast as your feet? So, like, I believe, like, Debo's eyes, hands, and feet all work together. Mm-hmm. And he has this amazing speed that he can play with. Some guys have to slow down to catch a ball. Right. They got to body catch it. They got to jump. They got to they got to secure the catch first. He just has this ability to have fast hands and eyes, like on that, Middle that that throw in the middle of the field, you know that uh, that Brock ripped. Yep. Like there's no slowdown in him taking that ball out of the air and snatch it and keep going. Yeah, that was second play of the third quarter there, Baldy, where the Niners go a little quick game, up tipple, up tipple, down twenty four to seven. That was a hell of a throw by Brock and a hell of a catch by Debo Samuel. Eight catches, eighty nine yards for Debo, who, by the way, was fifty fifty at the start of the week. Baldy, I didn't think he was gonna miss this game. He's Debo Samuel. You have a name like Debo and you're fifty fifty. You're playing in the championship game. Come on, Baldy here on the morning roast on the boxer girls and guest line here. I want to ask you about Shanahan because I thought Shanahan in the second half really called a good game. In the championship drive, I call it the five minute offense. Up 27-24, he took what the defense gave him. We're going to run the ball. We're going to run the clock. We're going to hit quick throws. Brock Purdy with the scramble. But I thought Shanahan really grew up in this situation. What we've seen at times in the past, 2021, against the Rams, where I thought his offense bogged down there. He got a little conservative. Same thing with Super Bowl 54. Now that we're here at the Super Bowl, four years later, where's Shanahan grown the most since that Super Bowl loss to the Kansas City Chiefs as a coach, Baldy? Well, uh, they found Brock Purdy. 
I mean, he trusts his quarterback. Huh. And so I think that's the difference. And it's not a knock on anybody else, Jimmy, anybody else that's been here. He trusts his quarterback. And that's what it comes down to. And so you can be aggressive up, you know, three points and to go, you know, try to put a nail in the coffin right there and take some shots and, you know, trust that he's going to either, if he doesn't make the play that's called, he's going to make his own play and create a play like he did a couple of times. So I think that's, I think that's the difference. Right. Like there's always that relationship, Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes. There's mm-hmm. a, a relationship between the head coach or play caller and a quarterback. And we have seen it throughout time. Josh McDaniels, Tom Brady, whatever. Um, there's just a, there is a kinship that exists between those two guys. And, you know, I know this, like anybody will tell you this, Kyle is hard on his quarterbacks. Some guys aren't. Some guy, yep. Bill Parcells, is hard on Phil Sims. Some coaches don't want to be like that with their guy. They want to just keep building their confidence. I feel like Kyle can be hard on him on Wednesday at practice. He can be hard on him in the locker room. He can be hard on him on the sideline, like he's demanding. But, you know, some guys you could do that with because they know exactly what you want. They, mm-hmm. they know that it's inside of you, and this is what we need. And I just feel like that toughness that Kyle likes to coach with, he can do that with Brock. Well, and, and I, I look at it this way, Baldy. Like, when I when I hear – and these guys aren't champions, but I consider them championship-level players. Trent Williams, Fred Warner, George Kittle. I know they haven't won the big one, but, like, come on. These guys are all-world players. These are generational-type guys. They swear by Brock, and they'll stand at their locker room and wax poetically for 10 minutes about the guy. Um, and it doesn't feel fake. It feels genuine. That matters to me. And when I see him scrambling yeah. the way he did and not going down and, and, and like, in the way Bonte was describing Steve Young, like yeah. you know, you know, shoulder forward. I don't know, man. I, I I listen to the elite players talk about him, and that hits me in the soul. Yeah, well, I mean, all you have to do is you know take a look at you know Ali McNeil just blasting him. You know, he's, he makes the throw over the middle, and like so they see the toughness. You know, they they know how tough he is. But I I just remember like his first start out there last year against Tampa. Yeah, and I was asking. Debo, like I was just going through the checklist. Um, you know, can he extend plays? Does he have vision? Does he? Oh, he's like check, check, check. What else, Baldy? Like these guys believed in him before he even got on the field against Miami last year. It's just crazy. his study habits, what he was like, quiet rookie, studying all the time, digesting the playbook, carving him up. You know, when he's the scout team quarterback, like they saw it early on. Now they're seeing it every day. Now they're like, you know, they're tongue in cheek now. Yeah, my game manager, he knows how to, you know, I mean, right. they're, they're playing it up and they'll play it up for two weeks here. But I, I don't think there's any question when you ask Nick Bosa, when you ask Fred, like that's their quarterback. And they don't want anybody else. Nah, I mean, you talk about that Tampa Bay game. The first play of the game, he gets rocked. Now, they call a questionable flag, but he got rocked by Tampa Bay DB. I forget the name. The name is eluding me here, Baldy. But then he goes and leads a touchdown drive, and the rest is history against Tom Brady and company. Um, Real quick, on the AFC, you said you were in Baltimore. That was a great environment. What a championship game. The weather, the hitting, the defenses. Baltimore comes up short. Zay Flowers with the fumble at the goal line. That Chiefs defense stole the show. What's your big takeaway from that AFC Championship game there, Baldy? I don't know if there's a, a better big game defensive coordinator in the history of the NFL than Steve Spagnuolo. Wow. Then Belichick? I mean, he just keeps doing it. Yeah, no, I mean, can't. the history of the game, you look at him taking down the 18-0, you know. Patriots. Uh, yeah. Patriots. You look at him uh, most recently in Kansas City. 
and, and what he's doing, what he just did. Like, if you just look at the three quarterbacks, they've just they just went up against Tua in Miami. Tua had a quarterback rating of 64. They went up against Josh Allen. The great Josh Allen, who had 44 touchdowns this year, had a quarterback rating of 86. Lamar might win the MVP. He looked pedestrian. Mm. Like, he challenged his corners to go take on Zay Flowers, Odell Beckham, Rashad Bateman, Nelson Aguilar. We're going to put you guys on you guys on an island. Show me what you can do. And he trusts everyone. Joshua Williams, Jalen Watson, uh, you know, Trent McDuffie, uh, you know, Legereus Sneed. Yep. And they just said, we're going to stack the box and stop the best running football team in the league, and we're going to discourage them from running. They had an unbelievable game plan. Yeah. Totally different. Heck, the, the, different the game plan Buffalo, against yeah. Josh Allen the week yeah. before was completely different right. than four weeks before that. Yep. <laughs> like His ability to play, to put the pieces together in and, and then design the game plan and get the players to execute. In fact, all the, he hates this, but I'm going to say it to, about him anyways. All the defensive backs – in Kansas City, wear these T-shirts underneath their pads, and it says, in Spags we trust. And so I, I texted Spags after the game. I'm like, Spags, I need some of these T-shirts, man. I'm going to wear them. <laughs> He's like, I want to get rid of those T-shirts, Baldy. He doesn't want any attention, but like they believe in what he does. And, you know, look, I mean, Drew Tranquil was picked off the scrap heap, and you look at the guys that they have. They had four rookies start last year yep. in the Super Bowl game. Mm-hmm. Six rookies played. Like, he gets guys ready to play and designs these plans, and you never know what it's going to be until the game actually unfolds. That's funny, buddy. We were discussing this earlier with Spagnola. Like, we got to deal with this joker again, like in Super Bowl 54, and that game plan against Buffalo and Baltimore. He's blitzing every other play, and then, of course, on the other side, you got Mahomes and Kelsey. Kelsey, 11 targets, 11 catches. I mean, we'll break it down in depth next week, but I already have a headache thinking about the kids to see the Chiefs right now, Baldy. Mahomes on third nine. This cat Berkeley back foot throws it deep to NBA. Who hasn't caught a damn deep pass all year? And he comes up with the biggest play to send him to the Super Bowl? Oh, Baldy, why do we have to deal with Mahomes again? Well, it's a, it, you know, it's a true dynasty. You know, just like, you know, Golden State Warriors, yep. like Chicago Bulls, like the Patriots, this is a living, real-life dynasty. And they would like nothing more than to add, you know, another um, another trophy into their bank, <laughs> you know, and just keep, you know, stockpiling these things and have another parade and another miserable day in Kansas City, and the entire city will be um, – that's, that's how they think. I mean, it was unbelievable what Mahomes just did to that defense. And said that you could Baldy, that was Baldy Shasky. You said something about Kevin O'Connor from the Rieger. We do have a basketball game tonight at Chase Center. Baldy said a lot of good things there. We have a lot of sound from that. Uh, it, w- next week, we'll get deeper and deeper into the Super Bowl. Super Bowl 58 with the Chiefs and the Niners. Of course, the Niners are wearing the white uniforms, white jerseys with the gold pants. Kids and the Chiefs wearing the red jerseys. And I'm assuming they're going to wear their white pants with their red jerseys. Sometimes they go all red, uh, but I think they're going to go with the red and white. And There we go. Kansas City, the designated home team. The AFC gets a home game this year. Next year, it'll be the NFC, and the NFC will have a choice to wear which jersey they want to wear. But you brought up a LeBron James trade. We do have seven minutes left in the, uh, in the show. I almost said the game. Uh, Clay Thompson, I saw at NBC Sports Bay Area, NBCS Authentic. I guess some people were saying, Shep Sharati was saying that everybody's on the table for the Golden State Warriors, including Clay Thompson. Remember, the trade deadline is February 8th. What will the Warriors do? But you said, Kevin O'Connor said, what about LeBron? He wrote an article with uh, multiple destination points uh, that LeBron may want out of the Lakers. 
which it feels unlikely. He said, would the 76ers or other teams, the Warriors being one of them, um, make a deal for him because he really likes playing with Steph Curry and Draymond Green or likes the idea of playing with those guys? That'd be interesting. What? What? You, you wouldn't be you wouldn't be for a LeBron James trade. We'd immediately get all the calls. Yeah, <laughs> we, you want to talk so, about getting the calls, but you'd have to give up a lot. Obviously, I mean, you think the Lakers are just going to punt him? It seems very far fetched. So, Kareth Burke just sent this out. Of course, she's with us over at ABC Sports Bay Area, Bay Area the Great KB. One year apart. Last year. January 29th, 2023. The official NBA refs on Twitter. And this was after the Lakers Celtics call with LeBron James cried and Pat Bev showed the referee the camera. It <laughs> was actually the photo. It, I mean, it was it was a mess. Like everyone else, referees make mistakes. We made one at the end of last night's game, and that is gut wrenching for us. This play will weigh heavily and cause sleepless nights as we strive to be the best <laughs> referees we can be. Now a year later. <laughs> Billy Mack uh, on the broadcast yesterday for the uh, Houston Rockets. Actually, this was uh, for the Lakers. And they lost to the Rockets last night. They got blown out. Lakers have shot 233 more free throws coming into this game than their opponents this year. Far and away ahead of the second-place team, the New York Knicks. So to get this, the Lakers have shot 233 more free throws than any other team in the league. And they're still in the play-in range. Oddly, the Lakers are dead last in drives to the basket. That's that is the for me the most damning of the things is that right there. Because one thing that we've argued with, whether it's Dibley or Steiny who cape up for the officials, I don't care how anybody erroneously is they'll be like, well, Steph takes a lot of jumpers. Well, actually, the data suggests that he attacks the basket much more than some of his counterparts who get way more calls. So again, the Lakers are dead last in drives to the basket. So they're a jump-shooting team. So they're a jump-shooting team, technically, and they've shot 233 more free throws than any other opponent in the association. Hmm. The single-place team, New York Knicks, have shot 233 less free throws than the L.A. Lakers. With one of their premier players being a perimeter player who's small. Yeah. In Jalen Brunson. Yep. But... You know, I, I really like Julian, Julius Randle's a rugged guy who tries to get to the cup, and he's, he's physical an or whatnot. But yeah, he is. He's a ball stopper. It's a black hole. So, look, man. <laughs> I love when Knicks fans isolate his videos of him not playing defense. Yeah, yeah, well, you can isolate the entire league not playing defense. This entire league doesn't play defense. A lot of points. Now, Anthony Edwards, did you hear him yesterday? Mm-hmm. Anthony Edwards yesterday was talking about the referees. He said, I don't care about the fine. Well, let me pull up the quote from Anthony Edwards. He was just going crazy. Well, he goes, the refs were bad tonight. Yeah, they was terrible. We was playing eight on five. It actually won the game. It actually won the game against OKC. And he goes, I'm going to take this fine. But the refs did not give us no calls tonight. So the referees, look, they're all tied bad. They're all tied bad in every single league. NFL, NBA, Major League Baseball. Well, that's why I thought the NFC Championship game was adjudicated quite well. I thought they did a great job in the NFC Championship game. They let the teams duke it out. They let them duke it out. They also let Detroit get away with a couple dirty plays. You know what? You know, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna harp on it. They got the win, but there was a couple things that I've seen other quarterbacks get these calls and Brock Purdy didn't get the calls. When he got hit in the helmet on the on the head to head. It was late. Even Dean uh, Blandino said it with Greg Olson. He cleaned it up. And and he goes, 
that should have been a 15 yard penalty. That was a huge call because the Niners I had to settle for a field goal. Plus, there was the one where he got stepped on. Yeah. Branch looked like he did it on purpose. It it did, I, and, and but you can never tell intent. But it, it didn't look good. And if that was Patrick Mahomes, the Golden Boy, right? Huh? Huh? So, huh? Come on, Spadoni. If that was LeBron or Patrick Mahomes. But Tom Brady got those same Golden Boy calls. So Brock Purdy, give us some respect. Call the game fair. These referees, I I, I don't get how people, I got some buddies who are referees, and I respect them. And look, it's, it's get compensated pretty pretty well. For holding offense number 76. Let's see these so, guys. And first of all, it's way too much airtime for these Jabroni. Oh, that I agree with. The NBA especially. When the guy's like looking at right. the camera. John like, Goble. Oh, my gosh. It, it's, it's a joke. But let me give a shout out, because I know Dibs does do some CYL stuff. Uh, I forget what the man's name is, but he runs the Salesian Boys Club, and he was refereeing our game Friday night. It was a great game. We went to double OT, basically sudden death. Ooh. And uh, it was St. Gabe's versus St. Brendan's. A, 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 just a classic old school matchup. Both teams played really well. Both teams deserved to win. And we got to the end, and he was trying to explain to the boys why he was calling certain fouls because you're still educating them. They're in grammar school. Like, I know that all the parents think that they're all going to the NBA. They're not, all right? And so, you know, at the end, we're, we're just dying for somebody to score a basket and just end this game. And it looked like everybody lane violated on this free throw shot. And he was like, you know what? We just, we all need to go home. This game has been here. Yeah, We've been like here. That. For an hour and a half. I like that. Call the game fairly. Call the lane violation. No. We Call all wanted to go home. No, I, I was coaching on the sideline. I wanted to go home LJ. Saturday night with double overtime. Call the game. See, I got a problem with that. Spadoni. I do have a problem with that. If it's a lane violation, you can stay there for an extra five minutes. You're already committed to the cause. Yeah, Lakers You're there. You're really there. Listen, to no, St. Brendan St. No, St. Brendan St. Gabe's is coming down to the wire. It's a lay violation. Call the damn lay violation. But they gave them. Oh, we all wanted to go home. No. Y'all asses could sit there for another five minutes. You ain't got nowhere to go. All you're doing is going to take the kids. They had another after, game. Oh, I don't it was care. 9 o'clock. The game was supposed to start at 825. Well, well, you know what? The game could start at 915. By the way, Ben Johnson, offensive coordinator for the Detroit Lions, informed the Seahawks and Commanders that he's staying in Detroit. Wow. He's staying in Detroit. Only 37 wow. years old. He'll be one of the hottest head coaching candidates wow. next season. Ben Johnson stayed stick, 37 years old. He's going to yeah, stick. Yeah, he's got a lot of time. He's going to stick with Dan Campbell for, for another season. I wouldn't go to the Commanders either. Or the Seahawks. I actually think the Seahawks is a good job, but the problem is, is Schneider is going to have full control, and I don't know. Nobody wants that job. Maybe you're a quarterback. Yeah. Well, it's a tough yeah. division. Like, you know, yeah. Fast five. It's time for the Xfinity Fast Five. Your last chance to get in on the morning roast. Brought to you by Xfinity. Supercharge your home with supersonic Wi-Fi. Unbeatable internet. Only from Xfinity. My final thought is this. Why would you want to join a division with Sean McVay and Kyle Shanahan? Which is what makes what Harbaugh did extremely, extremely interesting and Why? very courageous. Why? You got Sean Payton, Andy Reid. Oh, not, I thought Sean Payton wasn't anything. You doubt on Sean Payton. I'm not worried about Sean. Jesus More importantly, Antonio Pierce. I mean, stop. Yeah, Antonio, like, come on. <laughs> Antonio Pierce, by the way, the Raiders last team to beat the Chiefs. You know, I figured it out. I think I think why Jim elected to stay in the NFC or go to the AFC, I mean. What was that? 
in case he took an NFC team to the Super Bowl and had to meet his brother again. I don't think that was good on the family. Having both sons in the Super Bowl closer to get that your was brother. Stressful. That was very stressful. Yeah, John outcoached him in that uh, game. Yeah, he did. He did. He had his team. Especially with the clock prepared. management down the stretch, yeah. the way he took that safety. I mean, so, AFC title game, I feel like, would still be stressful, too. Yeah, but at least you don't lose the championship. I think game. L.A. had you know. a big part to do with that. Anyway, that's just my theory on it. Uh, final thought. Warriors, I need to win tonight. Sixers in town. The fight Kate Scott. Will it be play or not? I hope he doesn't play. Warriors need to get a win <laughs> to get to 13 and 13 at Chase Center. Oh, boy. It's the complete opposite of Debo. Debo, you knew was going to play, Bonte. And yeah. Bede, your brain doesn't play. Yeah, exactly. Go ahead. Uh, One thing in the go. Super Bowl you got to worry about, Patrick Mahomes, is that scrambling Dang. ability. The over easy you know, pursuit of that pass rush. He's going to be a tough egg to crack. <laughs> it leaves you sunny side up. I really wanted to poach that joke from you, but I guess now it's long. <laughs> um, my final thought is I, I kind of want to give Dan Campbell a hug. I just feel bad for him this week. I mean, he was such a great story all year long, and all of it's just gone after those decisions on Sunday. I hope the Lions are back next year because it was a great story, and I, I hate to see it end after one year. They're going to be around. They got too much talent on that team. And, again, I agree with Dan Campbell. The 28-25 goal for their fourth to three or less. Players got to make plays. But that's Detroit's problem. B, I can't argue with you. <laughs> the Niners are going to the Super Bowl. Can't argue because I always win. Uh, that was Fast Five brought to you by Xfinity. Next Generation 10G Network. Only from Xfinity. The future starts now with Evan Giddings and Daryl, the Guru Johnson. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.